0: Hit me.
1: From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for Suck Attack, the number one comedy podcast about comedy podcasts. Um, and here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, Mark Hershaw. Hershaw.
2: Once again, Bill Hayward has hit the nail on the head. I am Mark Hershon, and you're listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast, Epi 76. I've mentioned on the show before that I don't understand why some podcasts have seasons, like on television, or how they determine how many episodes constitute said seasons, or why. It's all quite arbitrary to me, but I have decided that Suckatash is going to start following this obtuse convention, so welcome to the first season of Suckatash Already in progress. This is episode 76, which means there are only 23 episodes left before the big season finale. That's right, episode 100 will be this show's season's closer. Maybe we'll make it a big deal a live show somewhere with lots of guests, lots of podcasters calling in, sending in messages. Now, I know it's a ways off, of course. At the rate I drop episodes, we're looking at next summer sometime, a great time for a season finale, or maybe it'll be just me, huddled in my car in the pre-dawn light, trying not to wake the neighbors as I talk to you, our loyal listener. If you're new to Succotash, or The Suck, as no one has called it, I mostly play podcast clips from comedy podcasts around the interwebs from all over the world. I often clip those shows myself, but we love to have the podcasters send in their own clips. And I'm eternally grateful to our honorary associate producer, Tyson Saner, who's out there listening, ever listening, and then harvesting several clips a week and sending them to me along with his notes about the shows. Thanks, Tyson. If you're a regular listener to Suckatash, you're used to hearing me tell you after we listen to a podcast clip the URL for the show's home site and also that you can hear them on iTunes and Stitcher Radio on Demand. Well, I'm going to do away with the iTunes and Stitcher mentions after every clip. It's pretty obvious, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of a given. And I've been giving those guys a ton of free plugs with no real appreciation in return. <laughs> And I do mention them, I will, at the top and bottom of every show to remind you, but everyone's podcasts are pretty much available in those places anyway, so why hammer it home all the time? I get sick of hearing myself say it. We also feature interviews, which we are going to do this week, as our special guest is Chris Mancini. This is my last official LA Podcast Festival interview. It's only taken two months to get through them all, and Chris is one of the creatives and organizers of the PodFest. It's not a long interview, just a little over 10 minutes, so we'll have more clips than we've had in a while. Here's a snippet from our talk.
3: You know what? It's interesting. It's really exploded, but at the same time, I really think we're barely scratching the surface. It's, it's huge, considering the amount of growth. But there's still 90% of the people that walking around, they'll tell you what, ask, what's a podcast? Right. We have no idea. Yeah.
2: You know, I- Chris is also co-host of the Comedy Film Nerds podcast, along with Graham Elwood, a previous guest on this show. And I'll be playing a clip from that show a little later on. Now, I said this is the last of my official PodFest interviews. That's because I have one more from that weekend, the day after the event was over when I sat down for lunch with Travis and Brandy Clark from the Tiny Odd Conversations podcast, and we had just a good old-fashioned chat. That'll be coming up on an episode in the very near future. Coming up later this episode, we have our burst durst segment with comedian Will Durst, a classic Henderson's Pants commercial, and oh, so much more. I was in Los Angeles this past weekend and got to have lunch with Chill Pack Hollywood Hour's very own Phil Lairness and Lily Holloman. Always great to catch up in person, but we can also catch up via our podcasts every week. And this
4: is your Chill Pack Hollywood Hour. Yes. Uh, I also checked, by the way, uh, it's been, it was November 23rd, 2012 was the last time the people of Jackalope Radio were able to hear a new show. Okay. I've been and they still the don't have week. our uh, recent shows up there. Okay, uh, we do love the Talk Superstation. Yes, we do. Where people uh, listen to us each and every week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, we love uh, Mark Hirsch on Succotash, where we continue to be mentioned. <laughs> and we continue to get excerpted every week. Wow. And I must point out that this mention of Succotash... Will be the excerpt. And it was brought to you by Empire State Gas. Ah, organically grown, easy to use, and now fortified with gluten... Empire State Gas from farm to pump we've got great gas. Mark Hershon was concerned that he hadn't heard oh, of Empire State our, Gas lately. Gas in a long time. So we right. decided to make the Sakatash section <laughs> specially brought by Empire State Gas.
5: Oh, maybe we get a pence uh, uh, call out.
2: So glad to find out that Empire State Gas is still sponsoring Chillpack. In honor of that, this segment of Chill Pack Hollywood Hour was brought to you by Henderson's Pants.
1: Hello, friends. Has the world's economical, environmental, and political situations gotten you mad as hell? And are you just about ready to not take it anymore? We hear you, friend. And it couldn't be a better time for you to collect your righteous indignation, get to your feet, and pull up your pants. As long as those pants are Henderson's patented... Bitchin' britches, that is. Yes, when you're spoiling for a fight, bitchin' britches are just the thing. The secret is in the lining. Every square inch of the inside of these high-quality trousers is covered with durable and stiff, 100% pure mohair, guaranteeing that you'll have ants in your pants and be hot under the collar from the moment you zip up the fly. And the relentless itching is just the start of the bitch and bridges experience. Grueling hours of testing and research has taught Henderson's tailors how to fashion the pockets to be just small enough to make it virtually impossible to carry anything larger than a quarter and a tic-tac. Which means your wallet, keys, and loose change has to be carried around in your hands. On top of that, These pants don't breathe, so you'll be sweating like a monkey on meth within moments of slipping them on. (laughs) Clearly too uncomfortable for you to be able to sit for very long. Your neighbors will be sure to see you marching your way down to City Hall to get complaints off your chest. They'll be proud of your desire to make yourself be heard. They'll admire your determined manner, your cocksure attitude. And all the while, they'll never know the real reason for your renewed sense of civic responsibility is your brand new pair of Henderson's Bitchin' Britches. Originally designed for chronic complainers like Joan of Arc, the Donner Party, and Donald Trump, Henderson's Bitchin' Britches are itching for you to hitch them up wherever outmoded hipster clothes refuse to go out of style. That's Henderson's, makers of fine bins, DACs, and bipedal leg sheaths since 1622. And now, back to suck a The ten most active shows in the Stitcher Top 100 Comedy Podcast List.
2: There's Bill Haywatt for you. We should have some brand spanky new Henderson spots up in the next few shows. But enough of that. Now it's time for our 10 most active on the Stitcher Top 100 Comedy Podcast list. In this episode, we have a show in the top 10 most active that's jumped up over 1,000 places to get on the list. That is the most by far that I have ever seen. So here's the countdown at 21, The Black Guy Who Tips podcast up nine places. At 40, The Comedy Button is up 36. At 50, Out of the Box is up 151 points to get into the top 100. And at 63, The Trev and Ben Show is up 1,139 places. Good heavens. Uh, Why? Who knows? We'll play a clip from The Trev and Ben Show as soon as we're done with the countdown. But uh, you can listen along with me and figure out what's made these guys so hot. At 73, Smodcast Edumacation is down 12 places. At 75, Smodcast Feeb, that's F-E-A-B. For Four Eyes and Beard, that's down 22 places. At 78, Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine is down 13 places. At 79, Dining with Doug with Karen, going the other way, up 14 places. At 82, Cashing in with T.J. Miller is up 31 places. And at 94, Jim Florentine's Metal Comedy Midgets, is down 13 spots oh and succotash we're back down to 6,222 oh well don't focus on us let's focus on the trav and ben show with that phenomenal showing who are these kids let's dig a little deeper trevor smith and ben harmer host of sunday morning internet radio show on croydon radio in england They also have a shorter podcast that they toss out in the middle of the week called Trev and Ben's Shite-Sized Chunks. I've listened to a few of their episodes now to try and find out why they've made this monster jump up the Stitcher charts. 1,139 places this past week to get the number 63, and I am not sure exactly what caused it. They're entertaining guys to be sure, and kudos to them for their surge in popularity. Now here's a sample of Trev and Ben, and maybe you can figure out how they managed to become the sweethearts of podcasts. Casting, at least this week
6: actually talking about dreams i had the most bizarre dream this week. i know people get sick of hearing hmm, i had a really weird dream this week but i did i had a very odd dream really yeah i was at some uh do somewhere and it was like um it wasn't sort of a contest a singing contest but there was certainly some singing to be done sounds like the x Factor. <laughs> well it's sort of <laughs> but on a very low scale because um for some reason my parents were there and there was not many people there at all. There were my parents and a couple of other people. And my, my dad was singing, and he was hating every minute of it. And I could see that he'd been roped into this somehow, right? But I'd been lined up to sing some operat- operatic piece, right? <laughs> I think it was O Sole Mio or something, right? Right. So I was preparing myself. I was getting... O oh, Sole Mio. I was getting all ready. Right. right? Like and Edward keel. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I thought, I, I, I need a glass of water. Mm-hmm. And so I popped off to get a glass of water. And when I came back, somebody was doing it. <gasps> and I was fuming. Well, <laughs> I was absolutely fuming because they weren't doing it properly. They were just doing it to a karaoke track. I had, I think I must have had an orchestra planned or something. I mean, I could see anything there. And I went nuts and I, 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 I lost my temper. And I was going, this is dreadful. I didn't use the word dreadful. I was swearing and, and I, I had to be marched out by security. <laughs> this is a very strange dream. I know. Yes, security is to escort you from your own dream. I know, yes. (laughs) All because I couldn't sing opera. (laughs) Normally, people would be anxious about having to sing, not Mm. anxious that someone else gets to the stage before them. Well, I think I'd I'd work myself up, I'd psych myself up, and I I was all ready to go. And then I come back in the room, all I got was a bit of water, get my throat ready, and uh, there's someone doing it. I was go. But the thing, I, I suppose when I woke up and I was reflecting on the dream, I thought, well, there was only about three people in the room two of them were my parents <laughs> and the other one was the person singing so i shouldn't have been that cross about it really but no. but i was i was fuming <laughs> do you know who the other person was i've no idea it was a woman oh. and she was wearing pink that's the only thing i can remember was it pink no <laughs> no it wasn't pink but I think that was what annoyed me. It was that, A, uh, you know, this... I mean, I can't sing for to save my life, Ben. I can imagine. But, <laughs> but I was... I thought, in my head, I had this already. I was going to be brilliant. I was the next... You know Pavarotti, and uh, I come in and there's a woman dressed in pink going Oh, so remember you, and I, I were not having it. I was fuming. Is that the cornetto song? <laughs> yes, it oh, is. Oh right, okay. Yeah. that's one of my favourites. <laughs> what the cornetto song or the original? No, the cornetto song. Uh, oh, it's so, like you know the Go Compare song. Yeah, I think that's a proper opera song called Over There. Over There. Over There. I don't. No, it's not. He's it apparently. No, I don't believe it. No, it, honestly, someone will tweet us and tell us. I'm sure it's a proper op- operatic song. <laughs> well said, <laughs> thank you. Um, and it, I think it's called over there, but I don't know how. it I mean, I know how it goes. Well, so it's, it's just obviously go, over there, over there. But I don't know how else it goes. Over here, not over there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If there's any more to it than that. Has it got the line about if you want a quota to ensure your motor? Has it got? I don't think yeah. it has that one. Oh. No. No. (laughs) I mean, it might have. Like I say, I don't know. I've not seen the opera. I suspect it's called uh, The Marriage of the Insurance Company.
2: That's Trev and Ben, the new Hot Young Things Flavor of the Month on Stitcher. You'll find them at jellycast.com, also croydonradio.com. So that's your...
1: The ten most active shows in the Stitcher Top 100 Comedy Podcast. List.
2: let's keep going with the clips of this episode with one from the comedy film nerds podcast co-hosted by graham elwood who we interviewed back in succotash epi 61 and chris mancini who we're going to jump into the interview with right after their clip is over now the comedy film nerds podcast is a spinoff more or less from the comedy film nerds website and also the book The website focuses on film reviews by both Chris and Graham, but also a number of contributors, including Dean Hagelin and Matt Weinhold, both of whom have appeared on Suckatash, and a number of other mostly comedians as well. Their book is about film genres more than films themselves, with their contributors tackling everything from horror to romantic comedies. They frequently have guests on the podcast, but recently it was just Chris and Graham, and in this clip they have a letter from a listener setting them straight.
3: Now let's talk about the uh, (laughs) the uh, controversy from last week. I don't Uh, don't think controversy. (laughs) Controversy
7: just uh, (laughs) indicates that there's two opinions.
3: Yeah, no, there's not two opinions. I slipped up, and I knew this email was coming. There's not two opinions. I was just wrong. Um, basically, what I said was that when I was talking about the movie Street Fighter, I said, This is a great kung fu movie. You know, it's got some great sure. karate moves in it, and uh, that is inherently wrong. It's a martial arts movie. And what's funny is, I actually wrote on the sheet, Great Martial Arts Movie, but right. I said Kung Fu Movie because. When we're growing up as kids, when we were watching UHF, all these movies, it was kung fu theater, no matter what type of movie was right, played. Right, right. So it was... Right, because then uh, it, it would be like,
7: movies and it would be a karate, it would be a yeah, Japanese karate matter. film or matter. samurai movie, and they just call yeah. it kung fu
3: theater. And uh, some of the, I'm going to read the highlights of uh, Rick Myers' email <laughs> to, uh, to us. Could you hear my scream of anguish all the way from the East Coast? That's like saying Field of Dreams made all the right gloves for a football movie. Yeah. Um, like oh Rick they're all the same yes you're right Chris by the way I really enjoyed your film Afghanistan and your palm strike beach party CD was hilarious don't worry Graham I also enjoyed your myopic visions DVD (laughs) Uh, so no worries be sure to pick up an egg roll at the sushi bar grab a soccer ball for your basketball team and wear a nice kimono to your tai chi class (laughs) and rest assured I'll play your street fighter quote So we do have a guest this week. Yes. <laughs> At the start of next year's Comic-Con Kung Fu Extravaganza, let's see how forgiving the crowd is or how many agree with you. <laughs> and I emailed back Rick. I said, for the record, um, Graham does wear a kimono to his Tai Chi class. <laughs> um, so there. So remember
7: Re- Remember folks Karate yeah. and kung fu Are very different They're very different They're It's very a martial
3: di- arts movie That encompasses yes. Whenever you're not sure Just say martial just arts Just say
7: martial arts Kung yeah. fu is Chinese Yes Karate is, is Japanese Korean
3: Korean South so.
7: <laughs> It's The Korean section of Texas Yes So check that out <laughs> oh,
3: I was laughing so hard When I got this email I'm like yep It's about time <laughs> go, it was a couple of days late But uh, I knew we'd get it eventually <laughs>
7: Thank you, Rick Myers, for fact-checking us. Of course, Rick Myers' book is available in the store, folks. What's it called? uh, Samurai uh, Kung Fu's Time? Samurai Kung Fu
3: Movie Guy Samurai.
7: (laughs) (laughs) What is it called? The the Karate Muay Thai uh, film book? What's it called?
3: (laughs) So, Kung Fu Movie Book, and we have a Kung Fu gift pack where you can actually get... um, um, death grip death grip where he
7: does kung fu yes eric jacobus does kung fu Mm
3: -hmm. this is rob Mayer from the rob and joe show and you're listening to suck Attack, which makes you awesome and smart
8: and good looking and i don't really mean what i'm saying you're probably just bored and
0: have given up on life but enjoy the show nonetheless
2: all right chris mancini great great to. sorry i jumped the gun i was going to be here Oh, it's great to have you. It's great to be here. (laughs) Since this is your event, it's great for me to be here. You're already here. Yeah, I am. Uh, But I get to sit down. (laughs) Chris is one of the uh, co-creators and co-hosts of the Los Angeles Podcast Festival, now in its second year.
3: Yes, second year.
2: It feels like five,
3: but it's the second year.
2: (laughs) How so far, uh, we're about halfway through this year's fest, how's it compared to last year for you in terms of everything you know everything is
3: um, uh, the structure is the same but everything is different in the way everything is more this year we have more shows more rooms going we have um more sponsors more money came into the festival this year so everything is good it's moving in the right direction <laughs> so we're hoping every year we'll get bigger and better and with more sponsorship and it just keeps expanding and expanding ultimately our goal is to make the Los Angeles Podcast Festival, a Comic Con for podcasting. Okay. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to set it up. I didn't want it just to be comedy shows. That that's not what podcasting is about. Right. It's about all types of podcasting. As if you notice, this year we've put in more non-comedy podcasts. I mean, we have uh, uh, stuff you should know and uh, and podcasts that are not run by comedians. Like Welcome to Night Vale. It's funny, but it's not a comedian podcast. Yeah. And we added panels, and people are already saying how great the panels were, we've only had like about two of them so far, and we really, really wanted to make it all about everything about podcasting, everything from the shows to the performers to the fans, and the one thing we added this year was the where we are right now is the Squarespace uh, Podcasting Lab, where any any podcaster can come in, set up, and record the podcast from the festival, because we didn't, never wanted it to be about just, oh, here are the shows in the festival. No, it's about podcasting as... Um, as a medium, so we wanted to support the other shows, too, that aren't necessarily programmed but are welcome to record from the festival and have other talent available that, you know, you may live in an area where, uh, let's say, isn't Los Angeles. Yes. Where you don't have a ton of comedians. Yes, uh, that are walking around. Here you have all these other comedians and talent walking around, you can grab them and put them on your podcast. That's great. And we're, we've been encouraging that as well. We've been actually sending comedians down here to make sure the other podcasters yeah. have that opportunity
2: which is great i mean it's great to be able to set up here and you know sit down and talk to you and you even brought up. a banner oh yeah banners i got these buttons uh, i've i'm the only one with these magnetic back buttons nice so you can have one of those for robots uh, if you'd like yeah, well that robots that, can wear them that's right well that actually pulls off and goes oh, behind you. uh, behind okay. your clothes it's, uh, so not uh, just for the tin man okay. well it could okay. be yeah. <laughs> it could. um but uh Mine's stuck Oh just slide it. Just slide it. <laughs> I gotta get to the stuff you should know, guys. <laughs> there you go, exactly. Um How is your own podcast going, Uh, Film Nerds? It's Comedy Comedy Film Nerds. It's going really well. We're really um, happy with it. Um, We just did a noon we had a live
3: show with uh, Joey McIntyre and Bonnie McFarlane, and it was so much fun, a little Oscar movie preview. And uh, we're really loving doing the live shows and connecting with the fans, and we're looking on ways to expand the podcast and the website, and like everyone else, just, you know,
2: Bring more numbers to everything, right. as, it, as our own podcast and as the industry, yes. Yeah. Uh, which is great. Um, what uh, What reaction in terms of uh, podcasters being more familiar with the event this year?
3: Oh, the um, the podcasters that are more familiar with the event. A lot of times, the, the here is the thing about comedians and any type of uh, performer word gets out. If you had a lousy festival or you were treated lousy somewhere, everyone's going to know about it relatively quickly. So we wanted to really set it up from the ground up. It was a lot more work and it was a lot more risk to set up an amazing experience for both fan and performer. And that's why we set it up in a nice hotel and had the experience really to be a little more streamlined. So... In fact, you've
2: you've even upgraded the hotel. I mean, yeah, last, yeah. last year it was now a Sheridan. It's a, now, now it's a, a Meridian. Yeah, yes. it's a good job. Yeah, two weeks before the
3: festival <laughs> where everything, well, the stuff was already printed. Um, but the, the podcasters themselves have told us what a great time they had last year and wanted to come back this year. And it, it's, it's been a really great positive feedback from everybody from fans and podcasters because we're we're comedians and podcasters ourselves and there's a lot of us we're all friends and we'll hear about it if something didn't go right or something wrong. They'll, they'll let us know yeah no one's going to try to spare our feelings well, yes. believe me they're now, they're going to let us know now the
2: podcasts you guys are featuring here is, are they largely um <clears throat> uh native to this area in terms of where they originate from most
3: of them are. However, this is the first year we have, uh, I think, almost four New York podcasts, which is great. actually uh, not even. It's uh, four New York and one from Australia. So okay. we're expanding it that way. I mean, we have uh, Welcome to Night Vale, My Wife Hates Me, Stuff You Should Know, and uh, Tofop. And in fact, there's another one that I'm actually blanking on right now. But we have, we have definitely, the thing is, we don't really have a travel budget, so we have to work out ways that we can get some of the podcasts here. Oh, and Keith and the Girl, of course. Right, right. So, we're hoping in the uh, upcoming years that we'll have a larger budget specifically for travel. We can grab a podcast anywhere in the world Mm -hmm. to bring them out here.
2: Um, What about the size of the venue in the future? I mean, the hotel seems fine this year. Uh, Yes. Do you think it's. How soon do you think it's going to get too big to be in this I'm hoping
3: within the next year or (laughs) two because that'll show a a rather large growth. So, um, the. We'll know probably by the end of today. Today is probably going to be our hugest, busiest day. Saturday always is. And um, at the end of today, we'll kind of make that assessment, whether we can stay here another year or we're going to need to look for
2: another venue. How has your sensitivity and sensibility about podcasting in general grown in the last couple of years since you started doing this podcast in terms of awareness of what's out there, how many things are out there? It's You know what? It's interesting. It's really exploded,
3: but at the same time, I really think we're barely scratching the surface. It's it's huge, considering the amount of growth, but there's still 90% of the people... It, walking around they'll tell you ask what's a podcast I have no idea yeah. you know I have television and I have a radio in my car I don't know what, what you're talking about and occasionally I go to the cinema so yeah um, but I really think every year it comes online I mean Apple even set up a separate app for podcasting it's yes. horrible yes but, uh, it's gotten better they've gotten fixed better, it a little but bit but it's still not as good as uh, one of the Comedy Film Nerd sponsors Downcast which is uh, <laughs> which our fans actually thanked us for oh really uh, yeah, for this little app does it a thousand times better than Apple could. Uh, and that's the other thing that's great about uh, podcasting. And in a way, it's even a guy that makes an app, it's the same kind of like principle where I'm doing this myself. You guys are getting it wrong, so I'm going to do it myself. And then um, oftentimes they're proven right, oh, yeah, you did do it better. Yeah, and, and that's the great thing about podcasting. And that's just going to keep getting more and more... Um, freeing, interesting, and garner more and more uh, attention. Now, there's always going to be uh, a huge audience that's just going to watch How I Met Your Mother and doesn't sure. care what a podcast is. But you don't need everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't need everyone. You can just, if you uh, get a fair amount of the population listening to podcasts, the industry can sustain itself very nicely.
2: And let me ask, this gets to what you're talking about a little yeah. bit, and I, it's what I've been sort of on about <coughs> the last couple of episodes of my show, is the realization that, Podcasting has, in the last few years, moved away from being just radio on the Internet to being really its own entertainment medium. Where I mean, you look at uh, the Night vale show and things like that where people are really doing very original forms of programming. You look at Super Ego that are doing sketch. Con- I mean, those guys were not doing a sketch show until they started doing a podcast about doing sketch right Yes. so what's your your take on that idea that it's really this whole it's almost like you know when radio came out people said well it's like vaudeville for the ears and then when tv came in it was like well it's radio with pictures
3: well the, you know it's interesting it, it's a double-edged sword because if people ask you what a podcast is the easiest way to describe it is saying what's well, radio on the internet because ultimately it's audio that you listen to but at on demand you know That description doesn't really describe the content, but it does describe how you're getting it. True. So the difference is when you get into um, the different mediums, it's like, okay, well, how is it different then from radio? Just the way you get it? And the answer is, of course, no. Radio is a very um, rigid and formatted uh, medium, and there's very little deviation from that. Occasionally there are, you know, Different outlier shows, but ultimately ninety, ninety-nine percent of radio is the same. It really is. It's either talk radio, left, right. It's it's you know music. It, it, every station plays a different type of music, and it's it doesn't matter. Whereas when you get into the art of podcasting and the medium of podcasting, you realize oh. It can be anything. It can be something that hasn't been invented yet. I mean, it could be a format or a, a topic that literally no one's ever talked about. And one of the things that I find interesting is like a, 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 a show like Night Vale. You know, there's always these rules that crop up. When every, and any anyway, medium, like podcasting, is like, well, you have to update once a week at least. You have to have at least an hour show. And you have to be really consistent. Well, Night Vale does a 30 to 40-minute show twice a month. And uh, they're the biggest one in the world right now. So that's what's great about podcasting is it doesn't matter what the rules are. Someone's going to come along and break them and be hugely successful. So it's the, the medium. it's a blank piece of paper, the medium of podcasting. You can write whatever you want on that paper, and the audience will decide whether they want to read what you've written or not. In no, your ears. paper? <laughs> just, what, paper? That'll go to. Yeah, okay. don't worry. That's, that's, well, that's, Chris, I, that's, that's, that's like a phonograph.
2: I know people Man. are clamoring for your attention, so uh, thanks for sitting down with us. And uh, oh, My pleasure. Thanks for the button. Absolutely. And good luck with the rest of the, uh, the festival. Thank, thank, thank you. you. Bye. Thanks again to Chris Mancini for sitting down with me in the midst of running around trying to keep the LA Podfest number two under control. You can find him and Graham Elwood at ComedyFilmNerds.com. Now, we occasionally get behind in keeping up with our regular contributor, com- political comedian Will Durst, in our Burst-O-Durst feature. We've got a twofer this time around, so I'll play one now and one towards the end of the show. I don't want to get too far away from Turkey Day without playing Will's Thanksgiving Burst-O-Durst.
9: Hey, guys. Will Durst here with a few choice words about Thanksgiving. And three of those words are best holiday ever I love it all, the fact that a national holiday falls not on a Monday, but a Thursday, a regular Thursday in Dead Solid Center Fall, where the weather could be 80 and sunny or 20 and snowy. I love the fact that it's food, family, friends, and football for the five Fs. I love this seriously amusing, obsessive conspiracy that binds an entire nation together concerning the ritual burning of a large, flightless bird. I love parades that feature 80-foot helium-filled balloons. I love the manufactured madness of Black Friday. People camping out for days to save, what, six bucks? I love the way this exercising greed and gluttony lasts four whole days. And I love that when all is said and done, even amidst the drunken family brawling, sometimes moments for reflection can still be found. And you can bet that this aging, round-headed political comic has much to be thankful for. Among them being the 113th Congress, which makes hysterical lunacy seem so every day. Barack Obama for making the presidency mockworthy again. Sarah Palin, who refuses to shut up no matter how irrelevant she becomes. Vice President Joe Biden for gaining immeasurable respect just by shutting the hell up. The Cheney family, who apparently feel about themselves and say why the rest of us do. Ted Cruz for having grabbed the national right-wing nutjob baton from Michelle Bachman. Chris Christie for providing such a large, target-rich environment. Pope Benedict for never managing to hide his scowl when Pope Francis does anything. The Tea Party because they just don't care. Alec Baldwin... For embodying the phrase, he who lives by the sword dies swallowing the sword. Anthony Weiner, for his series of continuing comebacks. And finally, the NRA and the NSA, for just being themselves. For Suckatash, the podcast of comedy podcasts, I'm Will Durst.
2: We're thankful to have the Burst-O-Durst every episode. You can find more of his writing and comedy at willdurst.com. Once again, thanks to our honorary associate producer, Tyson Saner, who sent along several clips for this episode 76. And here's the first one. Usually, Matt Besser's improv for humans is Matt and his guests improvising audio scenes based on listener and Twitter suggestions. In this clip, however, Matt and one of his guests, That Chris Gore from Podcrash, discuss the core essence of what improvisation is all about, beyond the simple yes and belief that's been floating around out there for years let's
0: break it down for a second yeah first off the yes and thing you start off by saying improv is all about yes and that is that is a very big misunderstanding um our uh, our improv school the our motto is um, in it we have it as a Latin phrase on one of our t-shirts it was if this unusual thing is true then what else is true that's what we think improv is if this unusual thing is true then what else is true you can take that through any sketch you've ever liked you can say that phrase before every line and that'll take you through that'll take you through the scene saying it's yes and is kind of...
7: Well, That's the it's, Del Close thing, right? I mean, like, well,
0: it's a misunderstood Del Close thing. It's 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 like the Dell's like is like Jesus, you know. He, he said a lot of thing and had a lot of interpreters that perhaps took what he said too far and made it into things that he didn't really mean. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and is about agreement. Agreement doesn't necessarily mean you literally say the words yes all the time. In fact, you can say no. In fact, that you more often probably do say no. Agreement means I'm agreeing with the improviser, not that I'm agreeing with the character. You see the difference there. Mm -hmm. So, agreement is I'm going to go. I'm agreeing to your premise. So I'm going to go with your premise. If your premise is I can't believe you're pregnant, and I, the reaction you want isn't me to start laughing. Because if I'm the date, because that kind of ruins the bit in a way. So the agreement is to act shocked and say, for the woman to go, no, I didn't say I was pregnant. That would be more the agreement because I agree to play along with you. So people, beginning levels in shitty improv schools will teach that agreement is you say yes and all the way. And what happens is you have scenes that are very silly. And it's like children improvising, not like adults improvising. It's just like everything's okay. And to me when I see that kind of improv, I think it's crap too. It looks like like I said, like children improvising. Just like they say something wacky and I got no problem with it. Like scenes that don't make this show, the Improv for Human show that I cut are scenes where you know someone introduces a premise and the other person where in in real life a person if introduced with that same premise would have a problem with it. But the bad improviser or uh, improviser in a weak moment will say, yes, and just roll with it. And you're like, well, if you're rolling with it, then it'd be like in a Cheech and Chong movie if no one had problems with them smoking pot. It'd be like, no, you want people to have problems with them smoking pot. If it was Dumb and Dumber and people didn't react to the fact that they were dumb then that, there's no movie. The movie's over. It's like you have to have straight men, basically. You have to have people react to the unusual thing and call it out as being unusual. And if they don't call it out as being unusual, then we're in a crazy world, and we call that crazy town. And now all of a sudden we're in crazy town where everything's crazy, and then I don't see what's funny when we're in crazy town. I don't like those scenes. But, and the other thing you said was it always starts out with yes and. This show never starts out with yes and, because we do premise improv. We, the yes anding is in the story itself, is in just telling a story, and then we start off with a premise. I'm getting way too inside baseball here. No, but, I, I But yeah, there's something good. called organic improv, and they're both great, and they're both done in our theater. There's premise improv, and there's organic improv. Premise improv starts out with an opening, and from the opening, you pull a premise. You hear something funny in the opening and you take that funny thing and you start a scene with it. So right away you just throw out a a, a funny premise and and people roll with it. The yes anding part where you're literally doing the yes and is when you do organic. You start with just a word, no opening, just a word, nothing basically. Apple. I just start in an apple orchard and I'm pulling apples. There's nothing funny about that. The next guy comes in and goes, hey we got a he yes-ands that by going by picking an apple, and going, "Hey, we got to get these apples in before the big storm comes." Nothing funny there. They're both yes-anding until they organically fall into something that is funny, and then they stop yes-anding and they start doing. If this unusual thing is true, then what else is true? So that's that's what improv is. What I heard you say, I like to go again. I think you said I like to go against expectations or or change the game in the middle. I don't like that as an improviser. If I'm in the middle of a scene and we're on what we call the game and then someone goes, takes a left turn and takes us somewhere else, I don't consider that dangerous. I just consider that irritating someone I can't trust on stage. I'm like, well, they obviously thought their idea was better than everybody else's and now they're being selfish, basically, and they're doing their own thing. It's like, all right, well, go do your own thing. You're You're not working with us to build something. I don't think that's being a pussy. I almost think (laughs) that's just, and I don't think he's being whatever the opposite of being a pussy is, being brave. I don't think that's brave. That's just being a steamroller, being selfish.
2: Usually you're going to hear improv scenes from Improv for Humans, but you'll hear also, like you did just then, the nuts and bolts of improvisation. Check them out at their home site at Earwolf.com. Week before last, I reviewed Eddie Pepitone's new podcast, Pep Talks, part of the All Things Comedy Network for Splitsiders This Week in Comedy Podcasts. Eddie's just getting started after years as one of the four hosts for the Long Shot podcast. Now it's just Eddie, his head, and usually an interview guest. This clip is from his second episode where he chats with Canadian comedian Glenn Wool. But what I have here is from more of a one-man audio sketch that Eddie did before the interview began.
10: Margaret, get me my pills, will you? Al, I think it's about time that you took a good, hard look at yourself and stopped taking pills and felt your own pain. Look, Margaret, I am not going to feel my own pain, okay? You knew when you married me that I was not interested in feeling my own pain, but Al, we've evolved, you know, we've evolved so much. I think, you know, I mean, I know I'm not feeling my pain because of all the bubble baths I take. Look, Margaret, I I, I can't feel my own pain, not in the world we live in. I mean, it's a world where pussycats, there's all these strays on the streets all these doggies, there's all these strays, people are shooting each other in the United States of America in airports, and they're, they're shooting each other all over the place. And It's the holiday season, Margaret, and you know it's going to be a bloodbath of just solo gunmen, people who have lost touch with reality. Al, why do you always go into this solo gunman thing when I tell you to take your medication, Now, your medication has been prescribed to you because you're bipolar, slightly schizophrenic, you have tendencies toward depression, you have bad blood sugar, and you don't know where you put your jigsaw puzzle 25 years ago. If you mention that jigsaw puzzle, Margaret, that was a jigsaw puzzle of the Eiffel Tower. I got a little disoriented because there was a solo gunman Going nuts in some part of the country, and I was, and I lost the jigsaw puzzle. Al, all I'm saying, Margaret, do you realize that me and you are possibly one person? Al, you know, this is what I'm talking about and why you should take your medication. When you start to point out that this is nothing but a schizophrenic episode, then don't you think medication is in order? Margaret, you know that you were a part of me that I buried long ago. Al? I swear to God, if you buried me, I am going to call the police. What, Margaret, what are you talking about? We're here in our house. How could you be buried? Al, if I am just a part of you, then I am not making dinner. What? Margaret, what do you mean you're not making dinner? You're saying that I am just a part of your schizophrenic personality and that I don't have a life of my own, why should I cook and slave for you? Margaret, if you're just a part of my personality, then you're not cooking and slaving for me. Do you understand that? You're you're not a three-dimensional person. Oh, really? Is that right? All of a sudden, I'm not a three-dimensional person, Margaret. You know I love you. Look, Even if you are just a part of a schizophrenic episode, there is no way that I don't love you to death. Now, let's go see Cirque du Soleil. Let's go see the one where they're all underwater. Al, I do not want... You see, there's a theme here. Buried is underground. Cirque du Soleil underwater. Yes, I don't think I am part. And stop watching the NFL Red Zone when I'm trying to talk to you, Margaret. I'm a guy, I love football, and it's my only distraction when this empire, this American empire is crumbling. It's bread and circuses out there, Margaret. Men are just getting into football and UFC and all that violence. There's there's no health care. The Obama website doesn't work. Now, Al, don't you get into that Obama website. You know that that has nothing to do with the corporate inverted totalitarianism that's going on right now margaret why are you speaking up about the inverted totalitarianism that's going on in this country because you always fill my head with the fact that corporations run everything and when i'm trying to cook for you you are just a part of my schizophrenia margaret oh you admit it you admit that i'm just part of your schizophrenia well here Here are your lamb chops. Now go to hell, Al. Go to hell. I'm leaving. Slamming door. Door slamming. Margaret, why are you saying that the door slammed? Because you don't have a sound effect for that, Al. You've just started this podcast. Podcast. What are you talking about? I just started a podcast. You and that Peppertone kid, that's who you are. You're part of Peppertone. Peppertone? What are you. I'm part of Peppertone. Let me go to the mirror, walking toward mirror. Chump, 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 chump. What do you mean, chump, 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 chump? That's supposed to be footsteps. It sounds like you're eating something. Look, Margaret, we're going to get hung up on, on, on sound effects. I'm walking toward the mirror, okay? I'm just telling the audience. Oh my God, we are part of a podcast.
2: Catch more of the bitter Buddha, Eddie Pepitone, over at allthingscomedy.com. We haven't checked in with podcaster and longtime listener and supporter, Ed Wallach, over at Don't Quit Your Daycast in a while. He recently hit his Epi 50 after being off for a bit due to health reasons. Glad you're back, Ed, and still doing your Ass
11: Hat of the Week award. And, of course, this week's beloved Ass Hat of the Week. Who, 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 who made it? Who made the cut? Well, it's going to be, of course, George Zimmerman is in the news again. Because his current girlfriend slash barfly slash victim called 911. Um, You know, and what's funny is all the issues with George Zimmerman bear out his actual courtroom claims that he's not a racist. I mean, he has more morals than that, it appears. He, He just beats the occasional woman now and then. I mean, they tend to get lippy. Especially the ones he meets in the bars. Thankfully, though, you know, uh, George's dating pool is from Central Florida. The ladies there really know how to take a punch while they're on the phone with 911. Considering how often he pulls out his guns and beats his women, though, I'm uh, shocked Zimmerman isn't leading the National Tea Party yet. He seems like a GOP natural, just add a dash of Coke. I think us men can all actually learn some lessons from George Zimmerman, though. uh, When a girlfriend says, get out, just go peacefully. On your way out, smash your coffee table and point a shotgun in her face. Just don't make a scene. Kind of makes you wonder what other uh, dating tips tips we could all glean from George Zimmerman. Really, you know, about uh, choose your woman like you choose your ammo while you're drinking heavily. Uh, never let your girlfriend know the combination to your gun locks. Of course, the uh, southern women are often going to have their own gun locks, so keep that in mind. Um, Oh, this is a great one. This one I would actually advise George Zimmerman to do. Remove the numbers 9, 1, and 1 from all your home and cell phones. Make sure you get both of the ones, George. I think this has got to be Zimmerman's number one dating tip, though. Uh, It would have to be to use Craigslist. Uh, For example... Seeking mature woman, mid-twenties, who can can creatively explain bruises and subconjunctival hemorrhages. The other thing that really got me today, there was even more. There was an update to the George Zimmerman news. Uh, Now that he's out of jail, he's saying he was set up uh, because his girlfriend uh, faked a pregnancy in order to keep him, to trap him, to keep him with her. Now, this is a guy whose ex-wife has been chasing him and hasn't been able to serve him with divorce papers because he was hiding at his girlfriend's house. So, But apparently, George is such a keeper that his uh, girlfriend... Just, and he can't afford a lawyer. He's got a public defender. But his girl wanted to keep him. She wanted to trap him with a fake pregnancy. Okay. Whatever. Just George Zimmerman, piss off. Go off into the ether, shut the fuck up, go the way of Reginald Denny, uh, whoever that guy was, go the way of uh, the guy who got beat up on the overpass, uh, who just died, who kept getting busted for cocaine, just go away, go away, go away, go away. A little pissy ant. Do yourself a favor and listen
2: to our buddy Ed Wallach over at his home site, don'tquityourdaycast.com, and also from all of the usual podcast downloaderies as well. It's Tweet Sack time. We've been running behind, which means poor Tweety has been trapped in that Tweet Sack for longer than usual. Sorry about that, Tweety. Let's see if we've even got anything in there worth reading. Ah, yes. As I was putting together the last part of this episode, I got an email from our friend Chet Haas. By day, he's a programmer at Google, but by night, he enjoys creating novelty songs, a few of which we've featured on the show before. He sent me a link to a holiday-themed poem that he recited over on YouTube called Black Friday. I've set that to some appropriate music, and here it is. Black Friday
12: by Chet Haas. I got some great deals on Black Friday, but it wasn't easy, I have to say. I had to beat people out of the way, but the stuff I got was just groovy. I got gadgets and games and DVDs. Walmart had this great sale on massive TVs. I got one so huge I could hardly squeeze it into my SUV. My wife took a hit early on at the mall, but that trooper cried out as she started to fall. Don't worry about me. Go on, buy it all. And then she was lost in the mob. My toddler was next on the injury list as she fell due to somebody's angry fist. They were swinging at me, but I ducked and they missed. She went down and started to sob. So I bent down to help her. Hey, I'm her dad. Luckily, the head wound was not that bad. And the bleeding had slowed to just a small tad, so I strapped her back in her stroller. That's when things started to go wrong. I lost those two minutes. The sale items were gone. Each second delayed is a second too long in this high-stakes sales coaster roller. My teen was the next to go down for the count. She was fighting for mittens with half-off discount. And winning by one eyewitness account, until she was shoved off the shelf. The stories conflict at this point of the tale. Did she actually bite someone at that sale? That's what the cops thought as they took her to jail. Luckily, I got the mittens myself. The rest of the day was a smooth operation. There was only just one minor altercation, as some old lady made a wild accusation as I pushed her out of my way. Then I drove the stuff home and packed it all in. The boxes and bags come right up to my chin. All in all, it felt like a pretty big win. Now I can't wait for Cyber Monday.
2: Thank you, Chet. I have a couple of requests for some of our Succotash buttons that I've been pimping on Twitter and in an episode 75.5. All you need to do to get one is to send me a request to button at SuckatashShow.com, along with your snail mail address and the name of our show's announcer to prove that you're at least halfway listening to the show. His name, by the way, is Bill Haywatt. So send me in that request, and I'll send you a button as long as the supply of these handsome three-inch buttons with a super cool magnetic clasp lasts. We'll uh, even cover the postage. How about that? I'm sending some off this week to Jeffrey Welchman in Baltimore and Harry White in New York. Got a thank you note from Gabe Diani and Ed Devine for our help in getting the word out. For their Kickstarter campaign, they were guests a few eppies ago talking about their new movie, Diani and Devine Meet the Apocalypse, and they got right down to the wire, but they made it to their $100,000 goal. So that movie is going to get made, and thank you to any of the Succotash listeners who helped make that happen. The Succotash Rocks is our fantasy football team, and we were in third place in the Broadcast Basement League going into the holiday weekend. Actually, kind of second place, because there was a tie for first between the Basement Brawlers and Gruden's Groinders. Not sure how we're doing as of this week, but I will let you know as soon as I find out. Because of Thanksgiving, Splitsider.com gave us reviewers the week off, so I don't have anything up for this week in comedy podcast, but I will later this week, so watch Twitter for the link to that review. There have been a ton of retweets with my personal handle, at Hirschko, uh from Dana Carvey in relation to my appearance in Episode 4 of his web series, The Funster, which is currently up on YouTube. It's a very strange little show, starring Dana, his son Dex, and Frank Cronin, our Irish correspondent and interpreter. I will embed the episode that I debut in, where I'm playing security expert Jake Talbot on our SuccotashShow.com home site. Thank you to all of those who've kindly noted my appearance on that episode. And I will be, I think, appearing in the next upcoming episode, or maybe it's the one after that. But I will keep you informed at all times. Again, that's The Funster up on YouTube speaking of web series i've been in communication with mike pellick the publicist for fools for hire a canadian comedy series they'd like to have some of their cast on succotash for an interview so we'll get that set up for the very near future their season two just kicked off and the whole thing is a send-up of the hunger games episode one is pretty funny and very bizarre so that should be a fun chat again check out fools for hire up on the web also, thanks to everyone else who tweeted, retweeted, favorited, followed, or somehow mentioned us on Twitter in the past couple of weeks. Here's just a few of the folks by their Twitter handles. Inverse Delirium, Chris Lanuti, The Wrong Foot, Jellyvision Live, RevT23, Monica Hamburg, Obama26Obama, Barker Podcasts, Kudla Army, Matt Ward Comedy, OST Podcast. Holly Amber, Three Pill Morning, KFC Taco Bell, Eat KS, WFO Dix, Illusionoid, Comedy Bang Bang, The Cthulhu Cult, The Soundry, Boganwood, Good Podcasts, Storyworthy, Real Stool, Stu Gillickson, is that right? Gil, Gil-, Gil-, Gil- Real Stu Gilkison. Ed Wallet, Justin McLaughlin, Tim Trueheart, Mike Sainz, sfj.com, and BBK Wyatt. Finally, we haven't done this for a while, but here's the roll call of everyone kind enough for over the last couple weeks to get up to the SuckatashShow.com home site, click that donate button, and throw us a few doubloons.
4: Hi, this is Dana Carvey, you're listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast.
2: Our friend Tyson Sainer clipped out part of a recent Doug Loves Movies episode. I do love DLM and listen to it quite often, but somehow I miss this moment when Doug Benson had Burt Kreischer, Lauren Lupus, and Claire Kramer on. And partway through the Leonard Balton game, Doug put his spin on an idea that Burt had, and then Burt just cannot stop laughing.
13: Now, here's my pitch. You make Ocean Eleven, just like The Wiz, all black. Only black actors, Kevin Hart.
14: (laughs) But you get you get to replace Bernie Mac and Don Cheadle with white guys, or yes, do you keep yes, all yes, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. You
13: get to—that's my fucking dude. We can make millions. It's the Tyler Perry makeover. It's we're fucking doing it. Ice Cube, Kevin Hart. Who else do you put in it? Mike Epps. How fucking good is this movie? Dave Chappelle. Oh shit! I just sold a fucking movie.
14: You know where you are right now. Yeah. This isn't a place to sell a movie.
13: So. The a whole white crowd that looked like Facebook. They're like, I don't get it. That'd be, amazing. Don't that That'd be
14: amazing if somebody listening thought that was a great idea. <laughs>
13: and then stole it?
14: Jumped on board. <laughs> Tyler
13: Perry's like, I love don't Love movies. Why not? Who would
14: you want to? You, you'd probably be Bernie Mac and I'd be Don Cheadle. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I made those, those choices.
13: I'd be Don Cheadle. You, no, I'd be Bernie Mac. You'd be Don Cheadle.
14: All right. I think that's what I said. Bert's on the board, you guys. He's got one scary. point. He's Congrats. on his
8: way. That's scary. It was intimidating.
14: Lauren, you know, a big strategy in this game is just make other people name it. Okay. And, and also listen to what the other people are saying because they always give away whether or okay. not they think they're gonna get um, it. focusing. Yeah. Um, um, you were really um, trying to talk her into lower names, so that's why no, she made the name. I'm obsessed
13: with how good Ocean's Eleven with just black. How fucking great that could be. Okay. It could be pretty sweet. I'm telling you. Okay, keep going.
14: But how, how would that many black guys get into a casino?
12: <laughs> <laughs>
14: <laughs> they, they, they'd be suspicious from the first scene. Where <laughs> <laughs> all these black guys on, on the other ends of the casino winking at each other. Ah!
0: <laughs>
13: <laughs> 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 Uh, you. Oh my god. <laughs> how do you do it? I mean, how
14: do you, how I do you, do you drive I a can't. car? I'm not going to go to
13: the circus! Is so funny? This is, these, all the premises would be shut they, Oh my
5: god.
13: <laughs> you can't even tag your own thing shit. Who do you think did it? Well, it's a fucking two-packet! No, no, it there wasn't them. It wasn't guys. them. There were
14: two white guys with them. Why would two white guys be hanging out with them? The visual suspectable black. It's like,
0: no, you're guilty. You're going to jail. Uh, I don't even care. Who guys are your suspects. You're going to fucking
13: jail. Oh, uh, dog. <laughs> how uh, fucking funny uh, is that? Oh my
1: god. It's having a total meltdown oh, about my guys are so sad. Did
13: anyone just understand what I said? Oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> I got it. I got it. we got suspects. it. Yeah,
14: yeah, we heard oh, you. so we fucking funny, Doug.
13: Oh, oh my god.
14: Should I oh. charge money for this episode?
13: Oh my god. I'm I think you're gonna have up. to. That was the funniest fucking. Oh shit. <laughs> I'm sweating profusely.
14: You could do probably for uh, 30 minutes on uh, different movies where the, the cast were all black.
13: The Runaway Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm gonna get a beer. I'm gonna get a beer. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> lock
14: the curtain. Lock it down.
13: Oh my god.
14: All right, oh. Lauren, you get to go first.
15: Okay. <laughs> yeah. We don't
14: need we don't need him for this. Okay. He'll be right back. He just went to. Oh my
13: god, that's a fucking bit, man. That is so fucking funny. Oh, that is so fucking funny.
14: It's too bad everyone's heard it already. (laughs) 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 You can't put it on your next album now. Oh fuck, unless you come up with twenty more. It could be your. You might be a redneck if. <laughs> yeah, calm down.
13: That's one of, calm my, down. Just, that's one of my favorite. You're sitting laughs. on a pile of gold. Oh, that's one of my fa- I love when a laugh happens like that all <laughs> night long I'm gonna hear you say this, this, oh my God, it's the two guys waking at each other. <laughs> <laughs>
14: Have proof that if, if, if laughter induced child, childbirth, yeah. then a uh, bird would have had a baby by now. It's true. I apologize, Lauren, for hey, having okay. you on with this.
13: I apologize so much. I wish this hadn't happened, but I'm so glad it did.
14: That's an amazing
2: uh, country I song. I wish this just didn't just happen, my but my I'm so glad it did. There is something about someone infected with uncontrollable laughing that makes me just want to laugh, too. Catch it yourself over at douglovesmovies.com. Got a note from Michael Powell, the host over at the Comedy Buffet podcast, who says, Hey, Mark, all of your hard work has inspired me to put in at least a half-assed effort in return. I finally pulled a clip from our show for you again. This is episode 114 with special guest Mike Hammock, fill-in co-host Steve Vanderplug, and our new co-host and punmeister rick D. simone i as always am the tycoon of comedy michael powell your host i know you took us to task last time i sent in a clip and we still have not done much with the website so our official tagline is quote another comedy podcast this can't possibly fail unquote we are a weekly comedy podcast featuring local denver and surrounding area comics uh, taking fun and odd news stories from the week and cracking wise thanks again mark michael are you ready Here comes some cow puns. Uh,
16: Authorities in New York State said a woman allegedly distracted by her cell phone drove into a herd of cows. Mount Hope Police said Daisy Cowett, 21, of Wawayanda, was allegedly using her cell phone when she drove into a herd of cows crossing the road, striking six cows and nearly injuring two farmhands, the Middleton Times Herald Report. Uh, This is one of those great stories where I think it's completely made up. And I call this the Harry Potter syndrome because all the characters' names in the story relate to what the story's about. So I don't believe it's true. I think Daisy Cowett is a fake name. This is onion writers on their <laughs> days off writing like A P stories and just seeing who bites. That's what I think. Oh my god. You guys that would go be ahead.
11: Amazing that would be amazing if that was actually I, happening. I, I would love
16: that. Honestly believe it would happen. Because there's we've done f- dozens of stories like this where literally the names are exactly what happened to the person, or the crime that was committed, or whatever, the name is specifically directed right at it.
17: Like, Daryl Stabbington was shot
11: seven times.
17: <laughs> I
16: was actually going to say Stabbington, no fucking joke.
11: I was going to say Stabby Stabbington. That was.
16: Uh, I do like at the end here, it says that she was charged with two counts of second degree reckless endangerment, and one count each of fourth-degree criminal mischief and reckless driving. One count each, so the six cows that she struck, (laughs) she's being charged with fourth-degree criminal mischief. She was also ticketed for driving a car while using a mobile phone and failure to
0: exercise due care.
16: Um,
0: They'll be milking this story for a long time.
17: You beat me to the shitty puns. I was gonna say, "Don't cry over spilt milk." There it is. We're uh, <laughs> gonna keep going. Oh uh, my god! <laughs> but you, you skipped the most important part of the story. I'm getting to it.
16: I'm getting to it. I just I wanted to go ahead and get all this shit out of the way. We can make uh, see what. If well, we, what it okay. So,
17: so she hit six cows, right? <laughs> what fucking kind of car was she driving? That <laughs> so you can heck? hit six cows? Was it a limo? Did she sideswipe all?
16: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would think after the first cow. Yeah. You might. Drop the phone.
17: She was on her phone. Do you think she was texting or possibly teeting? <laughs> uh, she should have leaned on her horn. <laughs> ah. I wonder who spotted her. This <laughs> super, super cheesy. All right. <laughs> she was arrested for failing to exercise. Do care? Do care was the name of one of the cows. Just to for <laughs> maybe
13: you know.
3: Maybe she knows these cows and she just had some beef.
11: Right? <laughs> Think she should write about it write about it in her dairy. (laughs) (laughs) Like I always say, move, bitch, get out the way. (laughs) It's a bunch of (laughs) bull. Oh (laughs) Oh
4: my god.
17: God. (coughs) Okay, here's the real question. Cows are pretty big. If she was driving a low car, do you think she hit them in the calves?
11: I hope she killed six baby cows. <laughs> <laughs> the pun, huh? That's just that's just uh. What
16: would be funny is if she did kill these cows, and they were they were just actually crossing the street to the slaughterhouse.
13: <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> oh, really funny.
16: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well, they they obviously weren't on their way to the slaughterhouse because the uh, police said three of the cows. Had to undergo emergency surgery, all of the animals survived. That is
8: utterly ridiculous.
17: Uh, there we go ah! <laughs> nice. Clearly ah. she broke every T-bone in their body. This was a definite mistake. On <laughs> uh, you think that well is going to be dry, and it just never <laughs> is. <laughs> Well, okay. We, we know she wasn't driving like a truck because the cows wouldn't have survived. We know she wasn't driving a Prius because the car didn't burst into flame and put <laughs> these cows on
11: fire. I mean, That's obviously her. these cows were probably pretty shaken up. They should have just had milk shakes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm um, done, guys. Here you go.
16: Uh, okay. <laughs>
17: uh, you know, I disagree with you. This this rings the cowbell of truth for me. I think. <laughs> This is probably a we're true reaching story. deep into
16: yeah, the bag <laughs> now. Oh my god! Uh, well, I mean, okay. uh,
11: <laughs> I wish them all the best sea of luck. <laughs>
2: and we're done. We're we got done. the headphones, kids. Yeah. We're going
11: home. Thanks, Michael, and
2: everyone over at the Comedy Buffet. You can find more of their brand of fun at thecomedybuffet.com. I find comedian Todd Glass not only funny, but an engaging podcast host. Our honorary associate producer, Tyson Sainer, found a great clip of Todd with guest Whitmer Thomas from Power Violence, which Tyson refers to as an anti-improv. Let's see how well it works.
8: Hey, what's, what are the funny, I'm not even joking, what are the fun, like, um, like it's yes and. Oh, okay. Okay, give me the ones that, because we thought no and meaner. So whatever somebody says, it has to be no and meaner. Like, you know what you did to my sister, and then it's, no, you fucked me. It's hard to do We try to do
5: power, violence, improv. We're all bad improvisers, so we developed, like, this system called – with improv, it's yes and, but we do no spaghetti. Or, <laughs> no, I'm a doctor. Um,
3: so, like, you let's do it. To. Wait, okay, what do you okay. want to do one right now?
5: Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, just come on.
8: Oh,
13: okay,
5: I get
3: it.
8: Come I, on let, stage no like spaghetti. you're doing
5: improv, and okay. I'll res- I'll do the no spaghetti part.
8: Okay. Oh, I wanted to do it. <laughs> well, hold on. Let me uh, show you what uh, we do, and then you okay, can do okay. it your
5: way. Because we can let it evolve okay. into something.
8: This fog's pretty – just make up a line, right? Yeah,
5: but talk to me about okay. it. Okay. You think this fog's going to clear up before morning? Um, I don't see any fog. I'm a waiter. What would you like for dinner tonight? <laughs> mm, uh, oh! S- maybe you would like
8: some spaghetti. Mm, no spaghetti. Uh, Wait, I'm
13: confused.
8: <laughs> I'm confused. I
13: thought you I thought I had to make the conversation go a different no, way.
8: But no, no. what you did, did I say? But wrong? I already did. Oh, you did. I did. You said there's fog
5: and I go, I don't see any fog because we're not outside. I'm a waiter. Do you want spaghetti? I thought you had to say no spaghetti right no, no, away. You don't have to say the exact words no spaghetti. It's just like you don't have to say no oh. spaghetti. But you can just do like
8: oh knows the way
5: you take it. You 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 deny whatever they're saying happened. Right, that's the no make part. yourself into a waiter and then they let say, me try it. Say okay. it to okay. me, All right? I'll do one to you. Um, man, the band sucks tonight, huh, bro?
8: No, I like them. I like this. You know what? <laughs> I i'm not usually like this i did this with you we were hanging out hold on okay hold on okay tell me let me go slow if i would have said uh no i like the band hey are you in the mood for spaghetti no
5: (laughs) no oh jesus (laughs) christ that's still a scene like it has to not make any sense so if you were to go if i was gonna go the band's pretty good tonight huh bro you would have to go there's no band playing tonight i'm not your brother uh I'm a waiter. Do you want anything? Okay. What would you like off of the menu? <laughs> Which is just deny. It's just making the other person feel bad for whatever they come up with. And it's like the idea is like you're a dickhead improviser who only wants to do your idea for a scene. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just about turning it onto whatever you want to do instead of their original I idea.
8: Listen, I, I want it, we're going to hear more about this, but I have to take a break. So uh, let's take a break. And uh, we have a new sponsor, so. Here we go.
10: Smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. Puff, 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 and if you smoke.
8: You know, it's it's to smoke anywhere now, it's so hard. And, uh, you know, it's almost embarrassing to admit you like to smoke a cigarette. And I'll tell you what, when it comes to just, I don't smoke every day, but when I want to smoke, I smoke a Marlboro. I just love it. I just love them. They're great cigarettes. And uh, Started from the beginning again. Watch this. They're just great cigarettes. Smoke, smoke that cigarette. What if this was really an ad? How bad would it be if we were a morning show and our job was to read this copy and act like we all smoke? We'll take a break. We'll be right back. You, you know what? When I it comes to smoking, and you were talking about this before oh, we went on the them. air.
5: I mean, my favorite cigarettes are, are bar none. They're definitely Marlboro cigarettes. Uh, I love the taste. I love, they're refreshing. They keep me young.
8: You know... <laughs> <laughs> You're so full of shit. You, you know, you know um, uh, he's right. Keep starting it like, from the beginning. again. I love after we say something, it comes in. And, you know, we were talking about it. The, the Oh, I'm sorry. We were talking about uh, it's just relaxing to go outside. And we all, the three of us, we're all Marlboro. You could say... I guess we're Marlboro men, yeah. And uh you said something funny before the show about the what you love about Marlboro.
2: You know you know what I love about Marlboro
16: is whether it's before, or after, or even during a nice morning jog. I can just pull out one and just really go to town.
5: The thing about Marlboro is they motivate you to jog.
8: You know that's what we were talking about uh yesterday. Uh I I I don't know how I would get to the gym if I wasn't able to have a cigarette. It's something I look forward to afterwards. I like to work out, I take care of myself and uh cigarette. afterwards I like to have a cigarette. My kid likes Marlboro. You you know why that made me laugh? Because obviously if you had a kid, he'd be pretty young. And it's so (laughs) gross.
2: You can be hysterically entertained by Todd Glass over at his home site at Nerdist.com. Here's the second outing for Will Durst this episode, this time going off on his attempts to predict an uncertain future.
9: Hey, guys. Wildurst here scratching my head trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Apparently the flag signaling the start of the twenty sixteen presidential race has dropped. That's right, thirty-six months before the election. The most recent media consumed fever dreams boiled down to Chris Christie versus Hillary Clinton. Although two weeks ago Ted Cruz was the presumptive GOP nominee. But a lack of consistency hasn't kept talking heads from jabbering, money being raised, polls conducted. Seriously, can't we wait until the midterms are over? The Winter Olympics? Thanksgiving? Predicting the nominees right now is like betting on what the weather will be like in Wisconsin in April, ten years from now. A week in politics is a lifetime, a month is two eternities, and three years is like an afternoon at your great-aunt's while Uncle Harry, with the mole on his nose that four-inch hairs grow out of, shows slides of a recent trip to the Azores. This is not jumping the gun, this is jumping the application of the lane chalk. Think of all the stuff that could happen between now and 2016. By 2016, Joe Biden might have single-handedly pulled six Navy SEALs out of a burning helicopter. By 2016, the oceans could rise so high that California is totally taken out of the electoral equation. By 2016, the Tea Party might be holding its annual convention in the banquet room of a Casper Wyoming Applebee's. By 2016, the primaries may come down to whoever looks best in a full-body containment suit. By 2016, Mitt Romney could very well have had a new user-friendly operating system installed. By 2016, Elizabeth Warren could resign the Senate and move to China to organize Apple workers. By 2016, Chris Christie might have left politics for his one true love, the field of competitive eating. Hello, Joey Chestnut. By 2016, Hillary Clinton could be on trial for domestic abuse. By 2016, Democrats might be holding their annual convention in the banquet room of a Cambridge, Massachusetts Olive Garden. And by 2016, Jeb Bush might change his last name to something less polarizing, like Hitler. For Suckatash, the podcast of comedy podcasts, I'm Will Durst. Hitler.
2: <laughs> you can find more writings and comedy from our resident ambassador to the middle at willdurst.com or catch him tweeting on Twitter... At Will Durst. That's going to do it for long awaited Epi 76. Thanks once again to Bill Haywat, our booth announcer, to Joe Polino, our engineer producer, and to our honorary associate producer, Tyson Sainer. Hopefully, I'll get number 77 cranked out quickly for you. We already have some clips in the pipeline for that one, so it shouldn't take long. In the meantime, don't forget to rate and review us up on iTunes, thumbs up us on Stitcher, like our Facebook page, like us on SoundCloud. Basically, do whatever you can to help us out for free in as many places as you can, or save all that virtual running around and kick us a few bucks by either using the donate button on Suckatashow.com, buying some merch at Suckatashow.com, or doing your holiday shopping on Amazon by using our portal at Suckatashow.com. Enough begging. Until next time, please remember to pass the damn Succotash.
1: You've been listening to Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon, brought to you by Henderson's Pats. And imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at show.com, on iTunes, or on Stitcher Smart Radio. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show, email us at marc at succotash show.com or call into the Succotash hotline at our toll call number 818-921-7212 that number again is 818-921-7212 Succotash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P Sausalito the home of the hit our musical director is Scott Carvey our booth assistant is Kenny Durgis. until next time I'm your loyal booth announcer Bill Haywatt reminding you to please pass the the Succotash. Goodbye.
15: Hello, I'm Angela Mikrovitz on behalf of the Culinary Institute of Charleston for Post and I've always thought it's amazing to be able to get fresh produce at its peak in the summer season, create an amazing dish, and recreate it at holiday time for either a side dish or an entree, and also have an unexpected surprise for even breakfast if you wanted to. Today we're going to create Succotash using the traditional lima bean and corn, but with a couple different twists. First of all, I have put in a saucepan some lima beans and butter beans with some kosher salt. And I'm just going to cook these until slightly tender. I don't want to overcook them. Those look great. Now I'm going to strain these. (laughs) The next thing I'm going to do is take about two to three tablespoons of butter. And what I want to happen on the uh, in the skillet is for it to get foamy almost to the point where it's brown butter but stop it. I have about a tablespoon of garlic and I'm Italian so that probably means two tablespoons of garlic. The next thing I'm going to do is take fresh corn and often when you take the husk back. It has quite a bit of silk in it so I'm just going to take a towel and wipe that off so it cleans it. Makes it easier for me. I'm going to cut it off the cob and I'm going to add it to my foaming butter. along with all of my beans. That smells really good. I've cut up about a cup of fresh country ham. This adds sort of a nice salty pork flavor to the succotuff. For those of you that are vegetarian, you could leave that out. You could exchange this for prosciutto. A little fresh kosher salt, freshly ground pepper, and some fresh thyme, about a tablespoon. One of the twists that I like to do is to take grape tomatoes, roast them separately with fresh garlic, a little balsamic vinegar, some fresh olive oil, put those in the oven for about 20-30 minutes and then add that to my succotash. We're then going to add about three-quarters of heavy cream. And let that cook for about two to three minutes. Typically this is not a side dish that is left over after your meal, but if it is, it makes a wonderful frittata the morning after by adding some egg and some more cream. As you can see, a very simple dish, easy to make versatile, can be used as a side dish, an entree, and again, you can even recreate it in a different way for breakfast. On behalf of the Culinary Institute of Charleston for postandcourier.com, I'd like to thank you for sharing our kitchen with us today. We hope to see you soon.
4: And it was brought to you by Empire State Gas. Uh, Organically grown, easy to use, and now fortified with gluten, Empire State Gas from farm to pump. We've got great gas.